This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. We're heard everywhere, live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings live from the Ingles studios. And yes... It's going to happen. Oh, Jeremy is angry. It's going to happen. The seas were angry today, my friends. I told you. Hey, there was a pink sky this morning. Sailor's warning. Rough seas ahead. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the shot callers in the Big Ten are coming together, and they are changing the rules for Ohio State. I of told course you this was going to happen. I never doubted that it was going to happen. I said it shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know how much more clearly I have to say that. Uh, it was inevitable. It was inevitable, especially when you think about the fact that it didn't really matter if Ohio State played another game to get to six. Even if they were able to shoehorn in another game this weekend, it wasn't going to matter. Even if they had lost, they would still be the champion of their division in the Big Ten. They would have won the tiebreaker over Indiana. But you didn't play enough games. Yeah, yeah. I just here's my question: If rules are not meant to be followed, <laughs> then why do we have rules? No, 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 no. You look; it only depends on. It only matters how long the rule has been in place. Wasn't that wasn't that the argument that somebody was trying to make the other day? A lot of people have tried to make that argument. That, oh, well, they, they, just they just set the rules, right. so it doesn't really matter if they break it. Right? They just wrote these rules a few months ago, so they can they can they can bend them if they want to. They can they can reassess. I hate, I I want to go back to the BCS so bad I can't stand it. (laughs) You're crazy. Do you not remember the, the, I mean, just the pulling out your hair. It's worse. Do you honest to God think it was worse than this? Yes. We're going to, I I want you to understand what I'm getting ready to say. We're getting ready to have a six win team. Six. In the college football playoff, whose second best win will be, or third best win uh, I'll give you Indiana and Northwestern, and okay. I don't particularly think either one of them are all that good. Yeah, their third best win is Nebraska. Woo! <laughs> yes, it was much worse when we only had two Disagree. spots for the final. Okay, think about it. This year we have two spots for the final. You know what that would mean? Alabama's in because they will. Mm-hmm. D- if it was down to that, they would destroy Florida. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to anyway, but. And Notre Dame-Clemson's a play-in game to figure out who's going to play Alabama. Yep. And none of the rest of this matters. I don't care what Ohio State does. I don't care. Well, you think it's a foregone conclusion. That, it is uh, a foregone conclusion. <laughs> you tell me right now, Ohio State winds up on a field with Alabama. They don't get beat by 40. Uh, yeah. More than likely. Uh, it's not more than likely. It's definitively. <laughs> no doubt. No question. Hundred percent. Right, that Ohio State defense would not be able to to contain Alabama and those wide receivers. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's going to I still be think it's better a than, farce. I still think it's better than the BCS. I don't. I don't. Flat out, I don't. 
I think for the last, let's see, we've been doing this, what, six? This will be the seventh year? Yeah, I think so. I would say in six of those seven years, we definitively knew who the best two teams in the country were. Okay. So now I'm of the belief of either, all right, either we go back to two, which I never thought I would say I would be okay with, but here I am. Mm -hmm. But I know we're not doing that. Right. There's no shot. The money is too big. I am well aware of that. I was going to say, it's it's super weird that you're going, hey, let's go back to two when just this morning we were talking about going to eight. Well, if you'd let me finish my thought there, microphone, uh, (laughs) that was the next thing I was going to say. All right. Or you go to eight. Yeah. Because this is stupid. I mean, the fact that, and, and here's my point. All right. If you're Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, on and on and on. Why would you ever schedule another non-conference game? Mm-hmm. Why would you ever play anybody of any substance? Because the college football playoff can be, they have basically said, we do not care. Ohio State has beaten nobody. I think it's just If you're year. going resume against resume and you're going to try to sell me Ohio State against, I think I could get to 10. This, But this is just an anomaly year. Every other year it's going to matter. No, I don't think it is. Okay. All right. Humor me. Mm -hmm. Let's just say, for kicks and giggles, that we take the schedule as it was originally set forth. Okay. And now I'm talking about no cancellations. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't go back and pull what the schedule would have been, you know, four months ago. Right, right. The games that Ohio State has lost are Maryland, Illinois, and Michigan. Can we be really honest here? There's nothing that could have happened in those games that would have changed my mind here. Nothing. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten, cha- the champion of this conference, unless they're beating everybody they play by 50, does not deserve to be in this playoff. They don't. Texas A&M has played a markedly better schedule mm-hmm. with one blemish that's against the unquestioned number one team in the country. Yep. I mean, literally, if you tried to sell me Ohio State's resume is better than Texas A&M, like, I'm not even going to listen to you because I know not only are you lying to me, you may or may not be lying to yourself. Right. So if resume doesn't matter, then why do you play the games? Mm-hmm. Why did we not just lather up and have these four these four teams play in the playoff anyway? Because this is three of the four teams that would have been there had we done this week one. Right. Notre Dame would have been the only outlier. And the one that would have been in their place would be Oklahoma. And I'll be really honest with you, there are probably somebody listening to my voice that thinks they're the best, for, the fourth best team in the country anyway. Mm-hmm. Now and it obviously doesn't yeah. matter who you do or no, do not play and who you do or do not lose to. It obviously just does not matter. Mm-hmm. An undefeated champion of the Big Ten will always get a spot in the playoff, regardless of oh, how I many think, games they oh, play. Oh, I think that day is... is we are... That day is drawing nigh. I don't know about that. Tell me right now. We do this for a living. Mm -hmm. You tell me right now that you don't see the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 in a completely different light than you do the Pac-12 and the Big 10. Yes. Is there ever anything that's going to change that? What could change that? What what could happen that's going to make you go, no, they're they're good. They're good. <laughs> well, we thought they were good the last couple of years. I didn't. Well, I, didn't. I haven't thought they were good in a long time because well, they haven't been. It's been Ohio State and a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. That's it. They have beaten everybody in this conference sideways. And then what happens? They get into the playoffs. They meet Clemson or Alabama. and mm-hmm. they It's Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. 
oh, that close and squished. Well, I mean, I get it. It has been a you know a downward spiral for the Big Ten, but it it wasn't too long ago where they had four legitimate programs in the Big Ten. You had Ohio State, you had Michigan State, you had Michigan. Oh, excuse me, Penn State and Wisconsin. That's five. Okay. In any other year, they have, what, four of those teams are in the top 25. And maybe they've got, maybe Iowa's in there as well. It's comical that you think Michigan and Penn State are uh, contender programs. Yeah, of course they are. Those two schools would be no better than sixth in the SEC in in any year in the last decade. They get propped up because the conference is awful. Okay. The Rutgers, Nebraska, Maryland side of this mm-hmm. conference is horrendous. And before you say, well, the ACC's got that too, I'm well aware of that. Okay. I don't, dis- I don't, the- dis- I don't dispute you right. in that. But now you don't have those other schools either because they're all awful. <laughs> For this year. That's the thing. And it'll change next Michigan year. Michigan hasn't been particularly good in a long time. Yeah, but they've been a, what, a two-loss team. They're an average college football program. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. They're, they're, they're not this historic, ah, it's Michigan, and they're a contender every year. No, they're not. And when they play Ohio State, it shows. Yes. And guess what? Agreed. Same thing happens with Penn State, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I don't care that Ohio State's the champion of this god awful conference. <laughs> and well, when they again, get freight drained by Alabama, I just want everybody to remember that I said it was coming. Of course, and I think everybody knows it. I think everybody I, expects it. You constantly say that right. they don't know that. If you've been listening Unless to anybody, big Ten to the, fans, I don't know who they root for. I know they have the same microphone in front of them that we do. And they've been talking about this all day. Ohio State's clearly the fourth best team in the country. No, they're not. No, they are not. If you told me right now that you had to bet your house on any combination of this that you wanted to, you feel great about this team? Really? No. I get Florida, you get Ohio State. You're willing to put the D to your house? No. That's what I thought. No. But see, that's what everybody's making this sound like. Oh, this is so obvious. They had to do this because we have to get this team in. Yes. No, we don't because they're not clearly the fourth best team and they've done nothing to prove it. They could have played a max schedule and it might be every bit as impressive as what they have done. Uh huh. But I guess we need to see them get freight drained by, again, you know, they got to be 31 to nothing by Clemson a couple years ago. Guess we need to see that again. They really got. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't disagree. But it's still Ohio State. And it's the name more than anything. And it's the, and it's the collection of talent that they have. Because there's no doubt that, that Ohio State is, is chock full of talent. Right? They have talent. Right. Can I ask you a question? I mean, this team. Can I ask you a question just solely because I want to see if you can get the answer right to this? Okay, all right. When's the last time Ohio State won a game in the playoff? Won a game in the playoff? Uh huh. Um, I don't know. Twenty fifteen. Twenty. You're you got the year it happened. It was 2014, 2015. Okay. They haven't won a game in this in six years. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> 
Uh, it's just comical to me. <laughs> Since we've been doing this, mm-hmm. it's been Clemson and the SEC champion four times. And yet, we still can't figure out Ohio State comes into these games and gets killed. Or they wind up on the outside and, I mean, they can freight drain middle-of-the-road teams. Yep. <sighs> I just hate Ohio That's State. That's the thing. They're at the, so they're, much. they're at the bottom of the elite, but they're still an elite program. And that's why... People. That's why the media if they were so heads, clearly the if they were so clearly the fourth best team in the country, I wouldn't disagree with you. I wouldn't. But they're not. Mm-hmm. And anybody that says they are is lying to me and lying to themselves. If you're telling me right now you can watch Florida and you can watch Ohio State and go, well, Ohio State beat them by thirty. Okay, take your buck nut hat off <laughs> and 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 let's have a big boy conversation because you're out of your mind. Uh huh. And I would say the same thing about Texas A&M, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, several other teams. And the fact that you don't have to prove anything makes me ask, then why did we play these games? Why? Because it doesn't matter. You've played one team that's not an atrocity, Mm -hmm. and you struggled a lot. Yep. But that doesn't seem to matter. But see here, you're missing the the, the no, prime not, opportunity here. Uh, the prime, what prime opportunity. Did we have to get Ohio here. State some money because they screwed this up because their commissioner's a moron? No, we have a and pro- we, now that now they're stuck in a corner because they've only played five games, and we need to reward that. Is that the point I'm missing? No, because I think that's the point you're missing. No, our prime opportunity here is we can all gather around and rally around Northwestern in this championship game. It all relies on Northwestern. You know what I hope happens? Uh, I hope somebody has to cancel this Big Ten title game. I don't want anybody to get a virus. I don't want anybody to get sick. Yeah. I don't want this game to happen under any circumstances. It's going to. Under well, any circumstances, I told you, it will happen. Oh, I told you Ohio State-Michigan wasn't going to happen. So uh-huh. I'm just telling you. All right. So, and, 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 and maybe I'm play devil's advocate with me just because it's fun for me. Okay. What happens then? All right, let's say Northwestern has 10 coronavirus cases next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now what? What do we do now? Do, do we just put up the next team so Ohio State can run through them because we have to get them in the playoffs? Pretty much. You heard at the top of the hour in the Sports Center update, uh, Mel Kuyper talking about it was going to look pretty ridiculous if the college football playoff committee put Ohio State in and they weren't even eligible to play in their championship. It's guaranteed. It's already written. Well, had they not much played this game, stone. they were not getting in. <laughs> Mel Kuyper seems to think nothing. Well, think is, is Mel Kuyper on the committee? No. Oh, okay, then I don't really care what my, Mel Kuyper thinks. Okay. Mel Kuyper can chime in in April because he's real good at that, and everything else, his opinion, doesn't mean squat to me. <laughs> I trust his judgment better than anybody, than pretty much anybody when it comes to college football. Okay, Kirk Herbstreit went to Ohio State. He specifically mm-hmm. said they will not let them in. Yeah. It, it, and he's I trust Kirk Herbstreit far more than I trust Mel Kuyper. <laughs> okay. And I'm a Mel Kuyper sycophant. Uh-huh. I love Mel Kuyper. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, they don't play in their conference title game. This ain't happening. Yeah, because uh, okay, then why do we? Then why even have conference title games? Oh no, because now it doesn't matter. I mean, you've proven it doesn't matter. That's You're just ca- going to put in who you want to right, anyway. That's kind of the point. That, that's been the point I've been trying to get across. Is it does not matter. It's written in stone that Ohio State's going to be in this in, in no, this college I, football. I, the thing I hate is that we're not going to find that out because what you just said is stupid. Uh huh. I'm telling you right now. If and and, there, and I got news for you. I hate to break your heart here. There's still a chance they don't get in with the title game. Florida beats Alabama by Ohio State. True. Because we'll have Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, and Alabama, and I'll pr- I will bet my life on it. Mm-hmm. 
There is nothing that would stop that from happening. Agreed. Oh, a one-loss Notre Dame pass. would get in over Ohio State? Oh, absolutely they would. <laughs> oh, absolutely they would. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. I'm saying I hope it happens so mm-hmm. I can look at you and go, nana, nana, boo-boo, I tried to tell you. Well, I hope it, I, I hope anything can happen. You get me wrong. I'm not being. Uh, I'm not trying to be Ohio State booster guy over here. I'm just trying to reveal you to you the reality. You could have very easily fooled me. I'm trying to reveal to you the reality of the situation. Well, I'm t- and and here's my reality of the situation. If I'm a Cincinnati, the only thing I care about in the next eight months until we play football again, mm-hmm. what conference can I go to attach myself to? Can I get in the Big Ten? Can I get in the Big Twelve? Yep. Where can I get to? Because obviously, being what we are does not matter. Right. We can do what it, I mean. They have been imposing on every team they played. Score doesn't necessarily reflect it, but they're not a great offensive team. They mm-hmm. don't score points like that. Mm-hmm. They play real good defense. They grind you out. That's what they do. They cannot have a better season than they did. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Ohio State beats the four worst teams in their conference and Indiana by a woo touchdown when you were up 28 to 7. Right. And that's good enough. Okay. Yeah. So then don't ask, don't ask me to care. And this is. This is coming from somebody that does this for a living. College football playoff. You want me to care about these semifinal games? Then make the resume matter for something. Right. Because this is a farce. Mm-hmm. But as you said, you know, why would big teams go and, and think about their future schedules and go, why would I play anybody tough? Well, then you've got these other schools that are in, the, in, in a completely different boat, like Cincinnati. They have to fill their schedule with four Power Five non-conference games for it to even try to matter. won't matter. It, it will not matter. I'm telling you right now, it won't matter. That's my point. All right, so Cincinnati goes, let, let's just, again, for argument's sake, mm-hmm. let's just say Cincinnati had wins over, oh, I don't know, BYU and, for argument's sake, Indiana. Let's say that's what they had scheduled the non-conference. Mm-hmm. You letting them in over Ohio State? No. Didn't think so. So why does it matter? Why do we not just go 12-0, and guarantee we're going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl, run through our conference like a hot knife through butter, and you can keep having games in the semifinals like you've already had. Right? Would you like me to tell you a fun little thing that I just discovered? I was today years old when I found out. Okay, what's that? Here's some sample scores of what these semifinal games, uh, this is what the scores sound like. 59-20, These are your semifinal games. Right. Do not tell me this is about anything but money because you're lying. Mm-hmm. Or, and, or you're being disingenuous. I don't know which one. This is solely about money. Ohio State can raise the most money, so we'll let them in. Cool. Then we'll do this every year. And we'll have Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and whatever fun fourth team we have out of Notre Dame, Oklahoma, uh, Florida, and a few others that we'll sprinkle in there. And every other team in college football, you're just wood chipper feed for the four teams I just said. And so when you ask me to care about these games, like, BYU and Coastal Carolina, you want to know why we didn't talk about that game that much? Because it just didn't matter. Right. Oh, it's fun for Conway. Oh, we got game day in Conway. Okay, then you got 1.5 million viewers. And you know what? You'll be lucky if either one of you get into a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you need a bunch of teams to lose for it to happen. Yeah, you do. Coastal Carolina and BYU flip it, flip-flopping spots in the latest college football playoff ranking. Yeah, and so the, and so Coastal Carolina's uh, thank you here is that they're going to play in the Bass Pro Shops Camping World Who Cares Bowl. <laughs> 
That's that. There, there you go. Best season in team history. Right. There you go. There's your award, Cincinnati. Uh, you get to play in the. Oh, I don't know. Well, you get to play in the Cotton Bowl against nobody cares against North Carolina against Texas A and M. Yeah, I, I'm. It's what I'm. When I did my projections, that's where they wound up. There you go. Yeah, oh, and you right. get a little check, and then you get to go away. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to care. We'll watch the game because it's football and it's on television, but in terms of the grander picture, you just don't matter. Yep, that's the way it's always been. And, and, here's, and here's what happens. You want Clemson and Alabama and and Georgia and all these high, high-level programs to stop being what you're given in this playoff? Start caring. Start saying, no, Ohio State did not earn a spot here, and get angry about it. Because the division between the top two teams in the country – and everybody else has never been broader than it is right now. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get worse. I agree with you. Absolutely, I agree with you. You're in the Sports Tank here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. We'll be right back. Coach K had some interesting comments. We'll talk about his thoughts on playing during a pandemic after this. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, or place an order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com You're in the sports tank. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, Kai? Right you are. All right, college basketball season is in full swing. We had the Tar Heels, unfortunately, falling last night in the ACC Big Ten Challenge to number 3 Iowa. We'll talk more about that game in a little bit. Duke also losing last night to Illinois, who showed that they are a far superior team to the Blue Devils. It was not a good night for Duke. It has not been a good start to the season for Duke. And head coach Mike Krzyzewski after the game last night saying that uh, he thinks we need to rethink this whole playing during a pandemic thing. Are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised. Mr. My Back Hurts in the worst team with the Dukes ever had. I love Coach K, but if you can't. I tapped out on the season. Yeah, uh, oh, my back hurts. We're old because we're horrendous. Jeff, can you fill in? Yeah, can can I have a fill-in coach for a year because we're awful? I mean. I'm not saying that's why he tapped out on the year. I'm sure sure his back really did hurt. But at the same time, when you come out and say, maybe we should be revisiting whether we're playing. Why, Mike? Yeah, because your team is awful. Because you look horrendous. Now, he's, and here's the thing: games like this are going to make this team better. I just made every Duke fan that can hear me so mad. Oh, yes, I, I know I did, and I did it on purpose. <laughs> and just know that. I love Coach K. He's the best coach in the history of college basketball. There you go. There's yeah. your penance for what I said about Coach K. All mm-hmm. apologies. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day. These games will make this team better. This is still a tournament team. I mean, Duke fans are literally like ready to jump off bridges 
I mean, so you should see some of the messages I've gotten in the last 24 hours from Duke fans. Which they like, shouldn't be. How did Coach K let this team get this bad? Oh uh, because they practiced for like an hour. They're one and duns, man. And they're never. They it, have it's six not freshmen. Be, right. It's not going to be that good starting out the season. I mean, this is why Kentucky's having their problems. This is why Duke is having their problems. The one and done thing does not work early in the year. Very rarely Especially can not in you pull, like this. Right. Very rarely can you ever pull six guys off AAU teams and throw them all together and say, "All right, here we go. We're going to go out and we're going to play, you know, three teams in the top 25 in the first four games of the season. Be good." And here's it's not going to work. Even he, Coach K and even John Calipari can't make it happen. And here's the thing. You know what you should be really thankful for, Duke fans? That Matthew Hurt wasn't as good last year as you thought he was. Because if he wasn't here, this would be a train wreck. Mm-hmm. He's been their best player by a mile. Right. They just they, they can't shoot the ball well. They, they there's no rhythm right now to Duke. And I can understand why fans are upset about it. But I mean, this is you know, Mike Shashevsky has sold his soul. He sold his soul to the well, one and done you, model. I, and I don't necessarily agree with that. It, it this is what you have to do. If you're gonna if you're gonna play at this high of a level, I mean, really think about it. Mm-hmm. That's what all of them are doing, except Baylor. Baylor somehow finds a way to get graduate transfers from someplace you've never heard of, and they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nova, Nova's another one that hasn't had a whole lot of one and done, but they've still had them. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the teams that really are the high level of college basketball. They all do it, right? But uh, and I, none of them like think, it. You just that, have to. But that's why Duke fans are so upset is because Coach K has gone full on. John Calipari. Well, I'm upset because I think it's irresponsible for. I mean, Shashevsky has a voice. Uh, it, it, he, as a matter of fact, I, I didn't say that correctly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just have a voice. He is the voice of college basketball. And you have to understand, college basketball does not make the level of money that people think it does. I mean, there's. I mean, the tournament does. That's but. my point. Is you missed out on the tournament. Mm-hmm. So now he says this. That's all well and good for you at Duke, who has more money than they know what to do with. There are, what are there, 350-some-odd institution schools in D1 college basketball? Mm-hmm. Probably 200 of them, minimum, are looking at their budgets right now going, if we don't figure something out and there's not some money, we're going to start having a slash position. Yep. We're just gonna, it, it, I mean, there are programs that are in peril. Yep. There are balance sheets that are going to look atrocious. And I'm not I'm not saying that, that you can't put the health and wellness of your players in that. I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have the voice in college basketball come out and say, we should be reassessing that. Well, Mike, that's real easy for you to say. You have a budget that is probably bigger than some conferences. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's real easy for you to say, oh, maybe, I mean, I can make jokes about it because you're two and two. I don't believe that. I think he's no. legitimately concerned, and I yes, understand that. But before you say things like that, you have to understand there are people's jobs and livelihoods and programs and mm-hmm. kids' dreams and all kinds of things that are at risk here. And so you just all willy-nilly say, oh, well, maybe we should reassess playing during the pandemic. No, you got to figure it out. And you've had seven months to figure it out. I mean, and I understand that doing this in, in college athletics is different. I understand that. These are kids that have classes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to look at the fact that the NFL, the NBA, and all these other sports, they found a way to do it. And unfortunately, whether anybody likes this or not, all college really is at this point is pro sports with classes attached to it. That's it. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. That's what this model is. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's what it is. And so when I hear somebody like Shashevsky say this, I just, I, it just, I'm, it makes me scratch my head and go, 
what perfect utopian world are you living in? Uh, he's living in the one where he doesn't want anything bad to happen. And that's what I think that's where we're all living right and, now. And, and just I agree with that. Mm-hmm. We all want that. Mm-hmm. But this is you can't just go, okay, well, maybe we should shut it down again. Shut it down for two weeks, two months. I think that's what I think that's the overall thought among people who are of that mind. Okay. And, of, you, know what, and, and you know what that does? Uh, okay. And, and that's fine. You can be of that mm-hmm. thought. And there are a lot of institutions, probably some that you might have some kind of affiliation with, that if they don't get the checks for coming to play these games in the next two months, because if you look at the schedules, there's a lot of Belmonts and things like that on schedule. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Because that school needs that check, and the, the, the bigger school needs a win in their win column. That's it. Agreed. So you have to find some way to play these games. And Coach K said pretty much that last night as he was talking about, you know, questioning whether or not now was the time to push through with the with the season as it is, or or as he put it, plowing through this thing. Um, he realizes that that is a that is an issue, and he you know he says in in, in no way is and I believe him when he says. In no way is what I'm saying tied to the fact that we just got killed. Because he said that verbatim, we got our butts beat. We got killed tonight. But looking at the things that are going on around the country, the increase in cases, um, you know, now, of course, being from North Carolina and coaching in the state of North Carolina, a state that just went through another, you know, round of restrictions. It's at the forefront of everybody's mind right now. And I also have to think that part of this has to do with the fact that he realizes he's one of the ones most at risk. Because the older coaches in college basketball are the ones most at risk should they get infected. Now, thankfully, we haven't had any serious illness befall an older head coach in college basketball. We've had a few of them that have already gotten it. Jim Bayheim and Tom Izzo, both of those guys have already gotten the coronavirus. Um, but it's how how much are you willing to tempt the fates? There was an article on uh, Yahoo.com, and uh, Sheldon Jacobson was the one who wrote this uh, op-ed piece. Uh, actually, this was on uh, the Indy Star. And he broke it down, and he went through and, and talked about the the risk of a death amongst the 65 and older crowd is like 1 in 45. And there are something like 60 coaches in college basketball um, that are 65 and older. So how long, I mean, how much are you going to tempt that fate? Because if 45 of the 60-some coaches that are 65 and older get it, um, the the case fatality rate is 1 in 45. That means that if you hit that benchmark, you could have a death. And that would shut it down, completely shut it down. And who knows when we would get it back. And I think that's kind of where everybody is too. Should something happen, should a coach get seriously ill or die, should a player get seriously ill or die, which the chances are 1 in 1,700 right now of that happening, even though it's very slim that that can happen. If it does happen, 
where are we left? And and, and my, was it worth it? And, and I think that's where guys like Coach K and Roy Williams and these coaches that are, you know, a little more sensitive to that kind of thing are thinking. Maybe and, we maybe we can shut it down. And, and I don't disagree with anything you just said. Mm-hmm. My point is not what you just said. Mm-hmm. My point is that we shut the season down before the tournament, which is what makes everything the money that pays for all the institution schools. That was nine months ago. Like, if you can't mm-hmm. figure out protocols to make this work in nine months, I don't know what to do for you. Mm-hmm. I don't. Because you don't have to worry about the whole school. You have to worry about the 15 guys on your roster and the six coaches that you travel with and a few guys off the training staff and, and managers and whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Mike Krzyzewski has to worry about 25 guys. That's it. And if you can't figure out protocols for this, then we're in trouble. Yeah. Because this is not something that's going to stop overnight. Well, I think it's also that we're in a position where it's early in the season. And everybody's getting acclimated to how things have to work. Uh, and I think it'll go much like it did with the NFL. You'll have a rash of early on early season problems, and then we'll get into a groove. And everybody will understand how they need to how they need to proceed to protect themselves and protect their teams and protect the purse strings in the end, because we know it's all about money. That's what all of this has been about. Oh, 100%. Right. And if you disagree with anything we've said, you can 100% use Twitter. Twitter is my friend. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, at ESPN, and you can fire anything at me mm-hmm. that you'd like to, just like Boston, at Boss Neyland just did, saying that we're all way off base on the Big Ten. It's easily been the second-best conference for the last decade. I don't disagree with you on that. I don't, mainly because most of them have been train wrecks. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Florida, and he even said this, since Florida State fell off, the ACC's been a train wreck behind mm-hmm. Clemson. Yep. You're 100% right. Yep. Well, here's the difference this year. You added Notre Dame, which is a, uh, you know, that's that helps. Carolina's on the rise. Mm-hmm. And you got Miami that's real good. Mm-hmm. So I'm more t- I was more talking about this year. My problem with the Big Ten is that they played in these big games and gotten slaughtered. And I and I look at Ohio State and go, you know what? This is probably going to happen again this year. And after uh, just a bit outside, mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Fair enough. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, uh, I lost my story. Well, that's a good start. Yeah, I lost my story here. Uh, you go first, and then I'll find find what I was going to talk about. Okay, I, I had two stories, <laughs> Sorry about so that. I'll find a way to get my other one in later in the show. Pal Gasol is working towards what he hopes will be an NBA comeback and a spot on Spain's Olympic team in Tokyo. The Olympic, uh, the six-time All-Star and two-time NBA champion told ESPN on Wednesday. His dream scenario is to play for the Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Lakers. Lakers and join his brother, Mark. I I love these stories of, oh, pow, he's such a great Laker, and he's such a great player, and he's a historical blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. If he played eight minutes a game for this Laker team, I'd be stunned. But I hope he does come back. I think it'd be great to see him there. Yeah. You know, the year after everything with Kobe and, and all of the, mm-hmm. the emotion there, and you see Powell on that bench, after he, you know, it, I think it would be fantastic. And I frankly, I, I'm never, I'm not necessarily the most sentimental, emotional, heart tearjerker story guy. Right. But I would really like this one. It would be cool. It would be really cool to see him come back, win another title. You know, you got the brother connection there to win a title with your brother. 
um, to try to, you know, kind of bridge the gap between the Kobe era and the LeBron era and the Anthony Davis era or however this era is going to be remembered. Um, obviously, LeBron's going to play a big part of that, but Anthony Davis is going to be there for more years. So we got to, we got to remember that as well. Will this be looked at as, you know, LeBron's swan song and then Anthony Davis having seven or eight years of domination with the Lakers after that? We don't know. I think it would be a cool thing, but I, I'm with you. I don't know if he can actually contribute to the team. And he says he doesn't want to be that. He wants to come in and he wants to play meaningful minutes. He wants to be a useful piece. He doesn't just want to be you know, a coach, like a glorified bench coach. I just don't know if he's got it left in him. He's 40 years old. He wants to use some, whatever resurgence, because, I mean, he's been talking about this for a while, yep. to try to get a spot on the Spanish national team for the uh, Olympics. So I think he can, and I think it's a story I'm going to root for. Well, he had stress reaction issues in his feet. Mm-hmm. He's had two surgeries for that. He has not appeared in a game since March of 2019. So it will be almost two years. Yep. I just really hope this happens. I, I, and I don't know why. These stories never get me, but this one, right. for some reason, is... All right. All right. Uh, I also know you're a big fan of playing golf. I am that. Uh, I have found a course that I don't know that you'll ever get a chance to play, but if you do, I think it would be uh, probably the best day of your life. Challenge accepted. Uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan's golf course down in Florida, The Grove 23. I'd never heard of, uh, heard about this golf course before today because it's extremely exclusive. You can only play the uh what was it the Grove 23 golf course with an invitation. And currently there are only 100 members right now that are allowed to play on Michael Jordan's golf course. But it does have some of the best amenities that I have ever seen, including they will drone deliver to you at each hole, wherever you are on the course, food and drinks. You can go on Twitter. You can find the videos of it. Grove 23, and it's spelled in Roman Roman numerals, so it's XXIII where they are sending these drones with bags of food to people on the course. If you want a couple of beers, they've got a a cooler attachment that they will put at the bottom of the drone, and they will fly it out to you, and you just go get your beers, and then go about your day. This golf course also, though, of course, as it caters to only the elite, also has uh, souped-up golf carts that apparently hit 35 miles per hour. I don't know why you would ever need that. That's I mean, real fast. Thunderstorm. If a thunderstorm comes, you can get you can get to the to the I, clubhouse I, quickly. I guess that's <laughs> that's hauling. Caddies have their own scooters, and there is a cigar roller on location. Oh, that's that, no, that's cool. Uh huh. I don't need the souped up golf cart, but the cigar roller idea is phenomenal. And you know it's Michael Jordan, so you you know it's high quality. Yeah, this yeah. is this is this is not uh, this it's not going to be a low quality <laughs> roll. I, I yeah. have. This is this is just the good stuff. Uh, there's also a chance for you to win a prize if you go and uh, play on the sixth hole, and you get an eagle on the sixth hole. Uh, Jordan and his golf course will give you a replica. Of one of his uh, championship rings to commemorate his six championships. Should you hit an eagle on hole six? Uh, I am a real big hitter, and I want to do this real, real bad. 
Uh, like I said, don't get your hopes up that you'll be able to play on this course because you need a personal invitation and only a hundred people apparently have memberships to this course. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Grove 23 is the name of Michael Jordan's golf course. So, uh, I went, Hey, you know, I think we've got a lot of property up here. Maybe he needs to put another one in. We'll help him broker that deal. Right. hundred percent. Right. I'll make a call. See what I can do. <laughs> There have been 124 games postponed in college football so far this season. The good news is uh, basketball's hitting, uh, even though we have had some pretty high-profile cancellations and postponements, it's about an 80% clip right now that we're getting games in. Unfortunately, another one of the big games that we were looking forward to in the college basketball slate has been postponed for today. Michigan State's not going to play Virginia. Virginia's had coronavirus issues in their program, and Michigan State actually, they they flew in for the game and then found out that it's not going to happen. Yeah, we got to stop doing that. Yeah, uh, Michigan State gets on the plane yesterday, flies in pretty much as soon as they land uh, or within hours of them landing. They find out that the game's not going to happen today. They were supposed to be on a flight back home at 11 o'clock this morning. So obviously these things are going to happen. Last night in the in the you know in the NFL we saw Des Bryant taken off taken off the field for warmups to be tested and he tested positive. You're going to have these last second things pop up and it's going to be frustrating for everybody. But I also think we're in a, like I was reading an article about Michigan State, and I think this was on, you know, like the Detroit Free Press this morning. They were talking about how angry Tom Izzo should be today. I mean, I get it. I'd be angry too if I got all my guys together. We traveled, we passed all the protocols, we did all the tests and everything, and we've got a game coming up. Oh, lo and behold, no, you don't. Turn around and go home tomorrow. I'd be, I'd be ticked off as well. But there again, who you mad at? You got nobody to blame in this situation. These, uh, I, I, the NCAA. That's the, who you blame. The NCAA. Th- th- this is a ludicrous. The, the fact that you think with this many schools, you can just leave everybody to their own devices and everybody will just d- do what they're supposed to. Well, they have the blanket protocols. What okay, else do they do? Then. They have the blanket guidelines for the protocols that you're supposed to face. What else can the NCAA do? Uh, that is above my pay grade. Okay. But I'm also not paid to make that decision. Right. I am paid to talk about their decisions right. on the backside, which is much easier, and it's a lot more fun. Yeah. To pay off what I said before, just about outside, I uh, I have been putting together my first NFL mock draft that will be ready in a few weeks. Okay. Uh, for I, I've gotten a lot of response on Twitter, at ESPN. Saying that I'm off base, that Alabama would boat race Ohio State. You're so not. I'm going to give you a little metric to tell you just exactly how discrepant the talent level of these two teams is. All right. There's 64 picks in the first two rounds. How many of the picks in my first two rounds do you think come from Ohio State? In the first two rounds. Justin Fields is the highest for either two teams. Obviously. Six? Four. Okay. Yep, it's four. Uh, Sean Wade, Chris Olave, Justin Fields, and I don't remember the other one. It's a guard. Whose name is eluding me currently? Uh-huh. 
in my first two rounds, how many players do you think come from Alabama? Ten. Twelve. Whoa. It's twelve. It's twelve. <laughs> and I might be low because I got two more in the first ten picks of the third round. Oh, wow. So if you're curious why I keep saying that Alabama will kill them, that's why. Is there by, by far the more talented team? I did the So I took Alabama's two deep last night because I knew we were going to be doing this. And I said, how many of the players on Alabama's two deep, if they could all declare for this draft, would have a draftable grade? Now, what a draftable grade means is that they're in the top somewhere between 300 to 350 because there's about that many draftable players. Okay. I'm not saying they would all be drafted. Some of them would be priority free agents, mm-hmm. on and on and on. So there's 11 spots per side on the two deep. I didn't do the specialist or anything like that because I'm not taking. I don't put a lot of faith in that. So, and most of their guys play other positions anyway. Right. Other than the kicker and the punter. Of the 44 on Alabama's two deep, how many of them do you think I have draftable grades on? 30. 37. 37. It's 37 of the 44. Wow. 37 of 44 have draftable grades. Now you sit down the whole team and go, what are you you five guys doing? Really? Come on. Well, (laughs) and I'll be honest with you, those five guys probably get drafted too. It's just I haven't seen much of them. Right. They'll at least get drafted into the XFL. Oh, you don't draft in the XFL. I mean, you kind of do. You're Alec. You're more allocated than you are drafted. (laughs) <laughs> okay. But that's that's kind of the point. Of, the, yeah, right. you know, when I say that there's a crash course here between Clemson and Alabama, there's a reason I'm saying that. Because mm-hmm. Clemson is not that far behind Alabama, and they're younger than they have been in a long time. Look, I agree with you. I think everybody who thinks that that would be a close game, I don't think Ohio State's defense could stop Alabama at any point. I don't think anybody can Their stop Their average drive for Alabama, granted, the, you know, if they got the ball at the 20 every time, uh, they, it would probably end in a touchdown every time, and their average drive would be 80 yards long, and it would probably take three plays to do so. I, that's how good I think the Alabama offense is compared to the Ohio State defense. Devontae Smith might set records. When he takes on Ohio State's secondary. He's real good. Uh-huh. Some are also saying he's he should be a candidate for the Heisman Trophy. Do you agree with that? No. No, I don't. Okay. To me, the Heisman Trophy is real simple. It's Kyle Trask? It's Kyle Trask. Yeah. Well, people want to throw Justin Fields into that into that conversation. He played I wa- five games. Okay, and, and and I also want to throw this stat out there at you. Um, Devontae Smith has as many, almost as many receiving yards as Justin Fields does passing yards, and they're tied in touchdowns, touchdown passes to touchdown receptions. That's how good Devontae Smith has been this year. That's how good Mac Jones has been this year. I didn't think he would be that good. But I think Mac Jones is number two in the Heisman talk. I would agree with that. And Trevor, unfortunately, Trevor falls behind. What might have been? <laughs> That's good, though. It's good, though, because you don't need to win a Heisman trophy to be successful in the pros. We know that. I actually kind of prefer it if you don't. <laughs> 
It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Don't forget when you visit your local Ingalls supermarket, they have icons available for sale. Those little, uh, you know, the little icons that you can get to say, uh, Mana Food Bank. Ingles Giving Tree on it. They're $5 and $10. You can buy either or. You can buy a whole bunch of them. And uh, the money will go to Mana Food Bank to help feed the hungry this holiday season. A $5 icon, Mana could turn that into 20 meals for the hungry. A $10 icon, they could turn that into 40 meals. They can always leverage your dollars better than you can. So they always encourage cash donations with Mana. And you could do it very easily at the checkout at your local Ingles store. The Ingles giving tree continuing throughout the season and you can actually see the tree uh lit up this year down at the Asheville outlets stop on by and stop by your local ingles to make a contribution real estate isn't about properties it's about people i'm clarissa marshall with exp realty your native realtor serving all of western north carolina I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Jeremy, your, uh, your, your head coach was in the news again today. He's, a, he's apparently really salty that they lost to that, the Raiders. That was my other uh, story. Oh. <laughs> this has been the hardest loss to get over in his career. <laughs> and that's saying a lot because he's had a lot of options. <laughs> I think that's that's one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard. It's going to be hard to get over this loss. Oh, yeah, what about the other 11 that you've gone through this year? You having trouble with those? Why, why is this one so much more difficult? Because right. <laughs> I thought we really had a chance. We prepared really well. We had the game won, and then Greg Williams in his stupid face, in his stupid zero blitz. <laughs> Thank you, Greg Williams. <laughs> ESPN Asheville. We'll be back right after this. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome into those who are just joining us here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. Yeah. And this hour of the program brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing, wickedweedbrewing.com. Drink different. I love being partnered up with local companies and local companies that have such great success. In our area, Ingles is a great partner of ours. Wicked Weed is a great partner of ours, and you know, with the the tough times that we've had in 2020, and the, and, and it looks like the the tough times that are are, are continuing for 2020 and into early 2021. Hopefully, all of that will will shake out. Things will get better. We'll all get more comfortable getting back around each other. But it looks like we're 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 in for another uh, another slog here for a little while. With the governor coming out with the latest announcement that coming up this Friday, we're going to be going into another, well, it's a statewide curfew 
10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Nobody's out. Nobody's allowed out unless you're going much like the last stay at home order was. Unless you're going uh, out to the store or you you have an emergency or you're going to and from work, 10 to 5, you need to be at home. Uh, and it's going to hit local businesses again because they're cracking down on uh, late night gatherings. Bars are going to have to stop serving alcohol at 9 o'clock. They have to close their doors at 10 o'clock. And so in, in light of all of this, we want to help out the local businesses as much as possible. So Jeremy and I have come up with a, a nice little, oh, what do we, I, I, it's a nice little initiative to yep. try to help local businesses. And we're calling it, we won't be 86. We can't be 86. Oh, we can't be 86. Excuse me. Already screwing up. I, I'm sharing the graphic right now on my Twitter, at ESPN. Basically, what this is is that we want to help local, whether it's restaurants, bars, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and we're open to all suggestions on how we're going to do this. Uh, currently the, the, one of the ideas that we've had is that now that we have the new studio with the sportsocracy and we can do all of these nifty little things, we're going to do specials and things like that to put it out there. Because what we have basically been told by people in the service industry is that the best thing you can do to help them through this is just keep ordering to go food. And, and I, this is a me personal thing. Make sure you tip when you order to go food. I, I I don't, I, I don't know if that's a commonly known thing, but basically you're substituting if you're going to do this you're substituting getting the meal for the sit-in service they're they're still there doing things right you know it's not like they're just collecting a tip from you they still have to make sure the restaurants are clean keep the tables clean, all of those things you know because people still can eat in the place you know this is not like the last time where the restaurant itself is shut down right they are still doing things uh but so far this is what we have been told we're open to all suggestions uh, obviously with the social and Silverados and fat cats and, you know, several of the local establishments that we are affiliated with this latest decree has touched us in a, in a slightly different way of no new years, no Christmas parties, no, none of these things that these businesses were counting on. And so with us having a platform like this, we want to use that platform for good, uh, especially with it being, you know, three weeks before Christmas, you know, this is a, this, this has been a terrible year for all of us. But at the end of the day, we all have to eat. And, you know, if, if we don't support these places, these places may not be around in the new year. And nobody wants that to happen. So if you have any ideas, feel free to send them to me on Twitter at jgreenespn, uh, or on Facebook. Our Facebook is at the sportsocracy. So it's right. facebook.com backslash the sportsocracy. Right. And we want to send all of the sports tank army out to support all of our local businesses. And so if you have a, you know, if you have friends that are in the business or you have a favorite water and hole that you like to go to that you would like to hear, uh, you know, pubbed on this show and on the sportsocracy, um, reach out to us. Through Facebook, through Twitter, however, give us a phone call here in the studio, 252-4348, however, uh, and we will get in touch with them, and we will make sure that they are taken care of, because it's, you know, it's, it's going to be up to all of us to keep these businesses afloat once again. I, I love interacting with people on Twitter. You know, I'm, I, I do receive messages on Twitter. You can message me that way. It will be me responding back. And, and if you want to tell us, tell us a, uh, you know, a restaurant that, that you think we should, uh, be reaching out to to see how we can help and you want to ask me a question about ohio state uh i'm gonna say thank you and then i'm gonna answer it 
you know, that's, that's just the way I work. That's the best part of this job mm-hmm. is being able to interact with people and being able to help in situations like this, because we do have a voice that, you know, not everybody has, not everybody gets a microphone for two hours a day that, you know, you come through the radio. I do. And tank does. So, yeah. you know, the, the, this is a very meaningful thing to us. We've bandied about how exactly to do this. And then the latest coming yesterday was, was just, Okay, this is the mm-hmm. this is the time we have to get involved. We don't one hundred percent know how to get involved. You know, this isn't the area that we work in. But uh, you know, any ideas are welcomed and appreciated. Uh, you know, just shoot us anything you got. You know, anything that you think will help. We are willing to listen to all ideas. Yeah, we encourage you throughout this whole process uh, to always support your local businesses uh, and keep that money pumping into our local economy some uh some sports news tidbits here uh it has just come to my attention that we have a new tar heel basketball game this weekend yeah yep uh they were gonna play on saturday regardless but now the who has changed (laughs) they were going to play elon because of the outbreak in the elon program that game was uh canceled and now this weekend north carolina is going to take on north carolina central at the Dean E. Smith Center, 2 o'clock tip-off. So it won't be Elon. It'll be NC Central this weekend. And you'll hear the game right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Uh, of course, your local home for UNC Tar Heels football and basketball. Uh, in the NFL, Washington is going to have to do without Antonio Gibson this upcoming Sunday against the uh, 49ers. He's got a real bad case of turf toe. So if you were counting on him to be in your fantasy lineup this weekend for the uh, first round of the fantasy playoffs, uh, unfortunately, that's not going to work. Yeah, you're going to have to have a slightly different uh, option. Mm -hmm. I kind of like Peyton Barber. Not going to lie. Peyton Barber against the 49ers. Yeah. I think he'll get more between the tackles work. I mean, McKissick has been getting receptions anyway, but there will be a second running back. Yeah. And it's, I I can't tell you it will be. I can tell you it won't be. It won't be Bryce Love. So don't do that. (laughs) What's his story? I don't know. He's disappeared. Yeah. He, he, you remember when that was a thing? That was a fun hour. (laughs) Didn't he get hurt again? Probably. Probably. I mean, I haven't confirmed that. I, I didn't call him to ask if he, how he was feeling, but right. I'm, I'm assuming. Right. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have activated Matthew Judon and Mark Andrews and also offensive lineman Will Holden from the COVID list. So that's good news for the Ravens, who, of course, last night took care of business against the Dallas Cowboys, as I expected that they would. Yeah, I might have gotten that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they rushed for nearly 300 yards yesterday. You don't it, look. Jeremy was making the case this morning on the sportsocracy that you know Lamar Jackson doesn't look good throwing the ball. I understand he doesn't look good throwing the ball, but he doesn't have to throw the ball. He doesn't have to throw for much more than 100 yards when you're running for 300. Now it's well, not well, going to work you against do. every team. There you go. It's There's not, the right, right. It's not going to work against every team, obviously. But when you're in a game like that, you just run all over your opponent. You don't need to have him throwing the ball all that much. So they came away with the win last night, and uh, and I think it was very well expected amongst everybody. Uh, and yeah, yeah. 
sorry about your luck if you took Dallas plus the points last night. Do you know how, how long it's been since the Baltimore Ravens had a quarterback throw for 250-plus yards? Uh, was it Joe Flacco? No, it hadn't been that long. <laughs> it was week one of this year. Week one of this year. Yeah. they Literally, Lamar Jackson's broken 250 yards passing one time. One time. Nice. That's going to be a problem come playoff time. Oh, we also have some uh, local news as far as our, uh, our as our minor league baseball team. The for the first time since 1994, the Asheville Tourists will no longer be affiliated with the Colorado Rockies. It's being officially announced that the Houston Astros are back, folks, which I'm completely fine with because that's the world I grew up in. Those were my. Good old days. It would have been for me, too, except I was five. <laughs> I think I've told the stories many, time on, many times on this program about some of the guys that I saw play here in Asheville for the Houston Astros. Craig Biggio is the one that sticks out the most. I think that he's the first guy that I ever latched onto as a young, young baseball fan going to McCormick Field. And uh, yeah, Bobby Abreu was another one. You love those guys. So there is obviously history there between the Houston Astros and the Asheville Tourists. Um, I think it was an 86 or 84 or something, something like that. It was like 84 to 94 or 86 to 94, somewhere in that, in that neighborhood was the Houston Astros affiliation with, uh, with the tourists. And once again, we're going to be a tourist team or a Houston Astros team. So that's, that's good news. More, more of just the news that it's not going anywhere. Because with the reduction in minor league baseball teams across the country, it was really uh, concerning for for a lot of us of whether or not these lower A teams would still be involved in the minor league system. And so it's uh, good news that that Asheville is going to be able to stick around uh, at, in the low A Sally League. But now, just be tied with the Houston Astros. All right. Last night, the Tar Heels went up against Iowa in basketball, the number three team in the country. And I don't think that there has been another more prolific shooting performance by a team not named Duke against North Carolina than Iowa had last night. They had 17 from deep against the Tar Heels. And I felt like the Tar Heels, that fearsome foursome, did a real good job against Luca Garza. They just draw too many fouls. Mm-hmm. You know, Dayron Sharp was in foul trouble in no time. Armando Baycott stayed in foul trouble. Yep. Until he finally fouled out. You know, that, that's just those are things that can't happen. And that's things that happen to young teams. Mm-hmm. I think that will get better as the year goes on. Plus, they're probably not going to see another big as good as Luca Garza. And they actually kept him from being, he was not efficient at all. Mm-mm. He was good, but he was not efficient. And then Iowa just went nanners shooting from three, which <laughs> it is really hard to beat a team that hits 11 more threes than you do. Oh, yeah. It's really bad when they hit two more than you shoot. That's a really bad sign when you're looking at a box score. It is. But I think Carolina is going to be fine. They have players. Of course they will. It is very obvious to me that this is a much deeper team than they had last year, mm-hmm. much more talented. Mm-hmm. Small teams are going to get demolished by this team. Yes, they will. They're just gigantic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how you I, – I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. I, I don't know. I, I think 
I think Walker Kessler was the guy I was most impressed with last night. Because when he was on the floor in his limited minutes, he just put up a wall that Luca Garza could not get around. I think he scored one bucket on him. Yep. And I don't know why he didn't play more. I don't have a good answer. He hasn't played a lot all year. Right. But that seven foot one frame, all he had to do was raise his arms that went almost all the way to the basket, and Luca had no answer. And that's really, really promising. I believe he will get more playing time as time goes on. Mm -hmm. He should. I mean, if you're. (laughs) I mean, this is just a team. I think they're going to struggle to shoot from three. They don't have a natural shooter. No. Caleb Love is not a natural shooter. Uh, R.J. Davis can get hot. Play tech every once in a while. You know he can he can hit a meaningful bucket. Play tech, yeah. Uh, okay, who am I forgetting? No, I'm just there you go. I, just when you say it, it sounds funny to me. Well, I mean, I understand he can he can be a little spark plug off the bench from time to time. But if you're counting on that, you know, and that was part of one of the problems of last year's team. Like they needed play tech to be a thing. Well, here's the thing. Uh, they, this team needs play tech to be a thing. I don't think they they are going to rely on it as much. No, as last he's going to be the first guard off the bench, mm-hmm. and you know, just is what it is. And I think he can fill that role. And I think his his you know the fact he's been around for a while that helps. Garrison Brooks, same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Garrison Brooks was not a hundred percent last night. I don't care what anybody says. He and he and I'm not saying he hobbled around. It was just very obvious that something was bothering mm-hmm. him. So I mean, in a game like in a game going against a team like that, I was probably the most impressive team I have personally seen this year. I didn't think anybody would pass Michigan, you know, until the new year for me. Michigan State, or yeah, sorry, not Michigan, not Michigan. <laughs> yeah, Michigan. <laughs> Michigan has a whole other set of problems. <laughs> it was a thirteen point loss last night to the number three team in the country. Who again? Um, they shot 42% from three, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. Yeah, it was I mean, and 17 it was, of 40. Well, I mean, and it was, you know, a two-point game with nine minutes to go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like this game stayed this way. Right. They pulled away late. They had some timely shots. Mm-hmm. Carolina got it, to, I think, within six or seven with, a, with like five minutes to go. And they just never got any closer. I haven't seen any panic from Tar Heel fans, and I feel good about that. Well, I mean, you're really... Because normally they would be. Well, you, they shouldn't, though. Oh, I, mean, I know they shouldn't. But that's what I'm saying. Normally you would. Normally I would see a lot on my Facebook feed of fellow Tar Heel fans freaking out, going, oh, what's wrong with us? We can't win games. I haven't seen that a lot this year. Well, here's the thing. They play NC Central on Saturday. Then they play Ohio State, who's good. If mm-hmm. they lose that game, there might be a little concern. Mm-hmm. But then you go NC State, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Miami, Clemson before you play Florida State. Uh, Syracuse almost lost to Bryant and Georgia Tech. While they did beat Kentucky, uh, they, didn't they lose to like Georgia State or something like that? Yep. They lost to somebody. I just can't remember who it is. I think you got it right. I think I might be. I oh, think- oh, it was Georgia State in quadruple overtime. Right. And they lost to Mercer. Georgia Tech has had the funniest start to a season I've ever seen. They <laughs> lost to Georgia State. They lost to Mercer. They beat Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> and have done it all with their uh, with their socially distanced practices. I would love to see some film on that. I gotta go. I gotta go see if I can dig some of that up today. 
to see what see if we can find what these practices look like. What it looks remember, like when guys they practice with each other, but they don't. But they're six feet apart, right? Josh Pastner said he was committed before the season started to to having social dis, socially distanced practices where nobody gets within six feet of each other. We just kind of run through the playbook and we'll do it the best we can. But we don't want to have any contact, so we don't end up having you know transmission on the floor and you know have to cancel games and all of this. And they were still be still able to beat Kentucky. Now I get Kentucky's off off to its worst start in like. 20 years it has not been good but i mean here's the thing look at all the teams that have a ton of freshmen Mm -hmm. am i wrong or am i right carolina is the most impressive of those teams you're right that's the thing yep i mean if i'm if i'm a carolina fan that would make that would excite me it took the number three team in the country and yes i buy into iowa's number three ranking i believe they are one of the best teams in the country and it took the number three team in the country having probably the best game they'll have all year, statistically speaking, as, especially as far as shooting the ball. I understand Joe Weiskamp has hit some big shots for them in the past and has been a really good player, but <laughs> I don't know that I expect them to uh, to be able to shoot 17 and make 17 three-pointers in many games this year. If any, they will be able to even scratch that number again. I think it's a big step for a number 16 team with as much youth as Carolina has to say the number three team in the country had to bring it all. And they were still, it was a one possession game late. There's a lot to look forward to. Kentucky, on the other hand, I don't know. I mean, I I think we should start to, and I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the program, is we we should really be giving these teams a little bit of a break. Kentucky and Duke early on in the season. I mean, we saw this. We saw Kentucky lose to who was it, Evanston, Evansville last year. You should be expecting these teams, chock full of freshmen and nothing but freshmen, to be losing games like this. It's growing pains, and what always happens? It always happens. The clock, you know, the the calendar flips over to February. And they're fine. Duke's in the top 10. Kentucky will be in the top 10. They'll be two of the hottest teams probably going into the into the tournament. They just have to figure out how to play with each other first. And I think, you know, far be it from me as a Tar Heel guy, Tar Heel born and Tar Heel bred to be making excuses for Mike Krzyzewski and Duke. But I trust Mike Krzyzewski. I trust John Calipari. They're going to have their guys playing High level basketball later in the season. I don't think we. I don't think you should be tapping out if you're a Kentucky fan or a Duke fan right now on how bad this season has started. Now for Kentucky, it's a little bit of a different story in my opinion because they obviously have lost to some very lesser teams. I don't think there's too much shame in Duke losing to Illinois. The margin of victory was a little concerning. But I don't think you should be jumping off a bridge just yet. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. More up next. You're in the Sports Tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. All right, Jeremy, last night we had the Baltimore Ravens beat the Dallas Cowboys 
Did you learn anything about the Ravens uh, in that win? They can't throw against anybody. Because <laughs> if you can't throw against Dallas. Oh, that defense is awful. I, I can't for the life of me figure out what has happened in Dallas. I have never seen more talented players out of position more often than I see with Dallas. Yeah. This is why I'm convinced Mike McCarthy is not surviving. Right. This. It all comes down to coaching. He can't. You can't be this bad. I mean, there. how many teams in the NFL are legitimately worse than the Dallas Cowboys? Three? The Jets? I don't know who the third one is. The Jets, the Jaguars. I don't think the Jaguars are worse. You don't think the Jaguars are worse? Than Let me ask you a question. How many teams in the NFL have a worse point differential than the Dallas Cowboys? The Jets? That's it. That's, That's it. the only one. Okay. There's only two that are within 30 of them, and it's the Broncos and the Jaguars. I mean, yeah. You may be right. I mean, they're just awful. It may just be the Jets. I, I'm not sure that it's not. <laughs> I mean, the Bengals are pretty bad without Joe Burrow. And here's the funny part of this. The Cowboys have three wins this year against the Falcons, the Giants, and that Vikings team that you refused to stop talking about. Sorry. And it wasn't that long ago. Playoff team. Playoff team. If season ended today. Stop it. Season ended today. They'd be in. Stop it. (laughs) You can't deny that. Yeah, you know what? You know what I can deny? The season doesn't end today. (laughs) This is very true. You got a good point. Uh, Not so good news today for Carolina Panthers fans. Christy McCaffrey did practice, but he was limited in practice because head coach Matt Rule says that he tweaked a quad last week in a personal workout. He's now listed as day-to-day. He was limited in today's practice, and now he's got the dreaded two-injury moniker or or parentheses at the end of his name. Now it's shoulder-slash-quad. I wish it would just, when it's more than one, I just, it would, stuff. Stuff. He's got stuff going on. (laughs) Multiple. Multiple stuffs. (laughs) Uh, So Christian McCaffrey, the thought had been, of course, that maybe he could make a comeback this week. And now he's limited in practice. And I'm sure if, I'm sure if he's able to go, he'll go. But I still don't think it's a good idea. I really don't. I, you know, th- this is not necessarily to the same level, but I do have to say this because the social is one of our favorite places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the social, I, I'm reading this straight off, uh, straight off social media. The social has just posted, come watch this cinematic mastery on our masters on our monster screen this Saturday at noon. And what they're referring to is a recipe for seduction. No. The social in East Nashville will be showing the, the KFC <laughs> lifetime movie on the big a screen. recipe for seduction. Nice. On the monster screen. Love it. Love it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, we all have our secrets. His just happens to be a recipe for seduction. If you haven't heard it and you missed the, the story the other day, this is the new Lifetime KFC gimmick. It's movie. not a gimmick. It's, it's not a, a gimmick. It is a gimmick. It's a gimmick. It is a marketing ploy, 15-minute mini-movie poking fun at everything from uh, KFC chicken, their marketing uh, strategies, uh, lifetime movies, romance novels, 
Uh, what else do they poke and fight? Well, at Mario Lopez, for Mario Lopez to agree to do this movie in the first place is just, yeah, I'll do it. Mario Lopez uh, never says no to anything. He's getting, you know, he's just getting some good publicity for the uh, relaunch of Saved by the Bell. They're relaunching relaunching Saved by the Bell. And A.C. Slater, apparently, it it looks like I haven't seen any trailers for it or anything. I just saw, like, the poster. Apparently, he's like the gym coach, of course, because he was the wrestling star. Right, in the original. And And they've got one of every character. Like, they've got the Lisa and the Jesse and the Screech and the and Zach, of course. Okay, I, I have to. So they're relaunching Saved by the Bell. And the first question, and I can't get away from this, why? <laughs> like, but why? It was a great show. For our age group. Yeah. If you were a middle school. 30 years ago. You don't think, uh, look, formulas still work. Why do you think classic movies still play well with younger kids? They don't with me. Some great ideas never die. Oh, by the way, I, I feel like since you brought this up to me earlier, uh huh, I have to say this. Okay. Uh, I've never seen a Christmas story or a Christmas vacation. Yeah, it's the dumbest thing. I can't. I'm, I'm, I made a Christmas story reference yesterday, and he looked at me and goes, what was that from? I don't I know like, what that uh, means. The Leg Lamp movie? Uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but, man, you're damaged. You're yeah, so damaged. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And what then he means. asked me, he said, what was it you said? How many times have you watched it? And I said, uh, once this week, because it's Christmas season, dude. You got to get your Christmas movie on. So my question is, like, why do you have to watch them multiple times? Because it's just it's. it's I mean, you know how the, it ends. There are so many Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas Vacation, yep. A Christmas Story, yep. Die Hard, No, Batman. Stop it, Batman Returns. Yes, that no. one. Stop. They're it. all Batman movies, or they're all Christmas look, movies. It, I'll, I'll look. It, I will give you Die Hard and 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 Batman Returns as Christmas movies if everybody will agree that The Godfather is a Christmas movie. It's just as much a Christmas movie to me as those other two. You've seen that movie. It's Christmas time when, spoiler alert, if I'm spoiling a 38-year-old movie for anybody, The Godfather was shot during Christmas. Yeah, I thought right. I, I thought I had seen that movie, and I oh my god! Yeah, I don't think I have. If I have, I don't remember it at all. Mm. And I only say that because you've made two separate references to that movie in the last about month, and mm-hmm. I haven't gotten either one of them. Godfather references, yeah. And, and I didn't understand. She should be ashamed of yourself. I, did, I didn't get it. Really, should be ashamed. Hey, of you yourself. know what? Look, Kay Adams and I, we're on the same we're, we're on the same wavelength. Uh, I yeah. don't watch movies. Kay Adams has never seen uh, Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown. She didn't know how the teacher talked. And you know what? I messaged her on Twitter and I said, you have a friend in me. Because <laughs> I have seen Toy Story and I do know that song. Oh, okay. Well, at least at least there's that. Yep. We got to get you boned up on your, on your Christmas movies. Uh, yeah, I'm good. On the weird scale, there's Vegas. There's Florida. And there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. That's, I mean, sometimes it's not even worth it. 
it's not even worth it. Like, how do I get you in the Christmas spirit if you won't even take in a Christmas movie? I live in the Christmas spirit. I love Christmas, uh-huh. and I don't need to watch some 40-year-old movie to do so. Well, I do. I need to have all of my staples, and one of the staples is Christmas songs. I love Christmas, oh, Christmas music. music. is horrendous. I love Christmas music so much. Why does Mariah Carey sing so much of it? That's my number one question about Christmas music. <laughs> this is one of the most popular Christmas albums of all time. And it's awful. Every song of it is awful. All I want for Christmas is you, Jeremy. Well, going to be a sad Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, how about this? If if that won't, if Mariah Carey doesn't send you, then maybe, just maybe, singing porta potties will do it. Service Sanitation in Gary, Indiana, has set a new world record. They have set the world record for the most animated faces on a single holiday light display. They set up a choir of singing porta potties. Service Sanitation, of course, a provider in the Midwest of uh, of all of the wonderful blue porta potties that you see at all of the events uh, and concerts that you go to. Uh, well, if you go in the Midwest, more than likely those have been supplied by Service Sanitation. And just to lift your spirits, go to at Service San on Twitter, and you can see the uh, Jingle John's Choir, the Jingle John's Choir singing Hallelujah. It is definitely worth your time. That I I don't know what I don't know what to do with that. Just watch it. It's great. All right then. A Florida couple said they are grateful to a Christmas angel who found their bag containing a quarter of a million dollars worth of jewelry and tracked them down to return it. Get loud, that's a lot of money. Joe Fitzgerald said he and his wife Alif attended the annual Denim and Diamonds charity event for Hands Across the Bay on Saturday, and they were among the sponsors of the event, so they had a lot to pack up at the end of the night. Denim and Diamonds. Fitzgerald says his trunk was full when they left the event, but the couple did not realize that the rear hatch of their vehicle came open during transit and the bag containing a quarter million dollars worth of jewelry fell out onto the road. No. I have to stop here and ask a question. If you have a bag in your vehicle that is worth a quarter of a million dollars, why is it sitting on top? Like, do we not have a more secure place to put this bag? Like in the back seat? Uh, somewhere. Put it somewhere. Don't put it on top of some cardboard. In between that the doesn't make a lot of right, sense to me. In between the passenger's feet in the front seat, just in case something happens. The couple said they only discovered the trunk was open when a leaf checked her phone and discovered she had dozens of missed calls telling her that a bag belonging to her had been found in the road. The couple learned that the bag had been found by a, can- a kind stranger who had also called 911 to make sure that it was returned to its proper owners. Joe Fitzgerald said he's our Christmas angel. He not only found it, he also called 911 and made sure we got it back. That is a good person right there. Belief said, I was completely shocked that they returned it. I have valuable jewelry. It's an amazing feeling knowing that there are people out there like that man. The couple said they are now planning to meet up with the man to report it, to reward him for his good deed. Do I get 10%? I don't what, like, I- what do you give that guy? <laughs> I mean, you can't give him a 20 and a hug. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna have to be. It's gonna be pretty nice. And, 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 
Give you, hey, here's a uh, $50 gift card to Outback Steakhouse. Thanks for playing. <laughs> I like Outback Steakhouse. I love Outback, Outback Steakhouse. I'm just, that would be funny. I'm just. Because I'm, I'm thinking 10%. 10% finder's fee. Come on. I'll, I'll settle. I'll be glad to settle for 25 grand. I'm just in awe of. You shouldn't need repayment to do good things. And I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just in awe. First of all, I want to know what a bag full of jewelry worth a quarter million dollars looks like. Because for some reason, the only way I can envision it is in the hands of a woman with a coat made of Dalmatians. (laughs) And I don't know why that is, but I just have this vision of Cruella DeVille holding this bag. Well, that's weird because the vision I get, it kind of looks like your man purse that you carry every day. Stop it. (laughs) Don't don't talk ill of my bag. Your nice little Prada bag that you carry your laptop in. Look, for one, it's coach. Two. (laughs) I like that's better. It's an attache. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a purse. It's a man bag. I, I'm fine with man's bag. <laughs> I've man never bag. gristled at man's bag. It's not a handbag. It's a man bag. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. It carries all of my things in it. <laughs> I have a lot of things that, that that I have to have on me every day. Right, right. It's your masks and your computers and yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I not all. It. Look, not all <laughs> of us wear big bulky cargo shorts like it's 1997. They're Nickelback, and, so. Calm down on my man purse, okay? I get more crap about that bag than I get about anything in life. And I open myself to a lot of criticism. Oh, the day you carry that bag with a turtleneck on, that's going to be a fun day for me. That day's coming. It's coming real soon. Oh, I know it is. Cold weather has arrived, and Jeremy swears to God he's got a closet full of turtlenecks. I do. Some of them are branded. I'm thinking about having turtlenecks branded with our logo on them. Branded. Okay. I mean, I have some jet ones. Oh, like jet. Okay, okay. I have some Nike ones. Branded. Yeah, they have logos on Like steer? What does that mean? Look, I have a long neck like a giraffe, okay? So every once in a while, I like to have something to cover it because it gets cold. Well, to match your purse, you should also have some scarves. Uh, I think that's what we're getting you. I can't do that. We're getting you some scarves for Christmas. I mean, I'm not averse to it. I'm just... Stop it. I'm not averse to it. It's... Look, I don't... I lived away from here for long enough, and it was warm enough where I was that this whole it's 30 degrees thing at 8 o'clock in the morning, anything that will keep me warm, I don't care. I'm not taking fashion advice from you. (laughs) (laughs) Of all people on planet Earth. Sitting here with a look of derision on my face. I think about Jeremy wearing scarves. Half of your wardrobe looks like it could be used as a duffel bag. So I like I I don't I don't need this from you. You know what that's called? Versatile. That's called (laughs) that's called efficiency, sir. All right, it's time to check in with Caleb Peak. Time for something to chew on. Brought to you by Angles. Another Wednesday afternoon here on ESPN Asheville. I'm Caleb Peak. This is Chew on That. Brought to you by Ingles Markets. Low prices. Love the savings. Assuming, let's say, worst-case scenario for Ohio State, that just being that they're 5-0, and that they don't get another game, that they don't get the Big Ten championship game, how do you feel that college football playoff selection committee will evaluate these Buckeyes? 
That's going to hurt them. Selection Committee Chair Gary Barta talked last week about how that conference title is used as a tiebreaker in the Selection Committee meeting room. It's not the only factor. There's head-to-head, strength of schedule, common opponents. But not having a conference title makes it significantly more difficult for teams to get in. And remember, Ohio State doesn't have an Oregon game. There's no big non-conference opponent to help compensate for the lack of that title, as there has been in years past when teams have gotten in without winning the conference championship. Only 22 days left in this dumpster fire of a year. But for everything that 2020 has taken away from you, at least there's one thing that this awful year has actually given us. That's the realization that the college football playoff selection process has got to change. You know how it works by now. Instead of the AP number one and number two playing each other for a national title, which actually made sense back in the day before everybody who's ever tossed a football had a voice in the voting process. Since 2014, we've had college football's version of democracy through the 14 playoff system that ties up not one, but three of the New Year's six bowl games. More on why that isn't a bad thing at all in just a bit. But let's be honest here. The whole point of expanding to a playoff bracket for your postseason model in college football was to eliminate the concept of the snub, which happened to at least one program every single year since its inception. There was almost always a case for the number three and number four teams in the land as far as their worthiness of playing for a national championship. By granting number three and number four a chance to play their way into the title game, then that takes care of all the snubbing, right? maybe in any other season. But this year, there's a whole lot of programs on the outside looking in that really deserve a seat at the table. That's why the NCAA missed a golden opportunity to use the 2020 season as a guinea pig for a potential 8 or 12 team playoff bracket. It goes without saying that Alabama's your obvious number one. Quarterback Mac Jones has turned into a machine, and apparently so has the rest of the Crimson Tide offense, whether Nick Saban is on the sideline or not. There is some debate for placing Notre Dame at number two, but Clemson is a solid lock for number three with no regular season games left on the schedule. And Ohio State, even though they won't be eligible for the Big Ten title game since the conference requires six wins and the Buckeyes will finish with a 5-0 and record after that matchup with Michigan was postponed because of COVID. One through four, the records are 9-0, and 10-0, 9-1, that's Clemson's lone loss to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence and a handful of defensive starters, and 5-0 and for Ohio State. Let me get this straight. The College Football Playoff Committee is putting a 5-0 and team in Ohio State ahead of not only 7-1 Texas A&M at number 5, but 8-1 and Florida at number 6. The Justin Fields Mirage, and don't get me wrong, he's an incredible athlete, but the Justin Fields Mirage has taken hold with the selection committee. Fields is a great quarterback, but honestly, he's the best that the Bucs have to offer. And I'm afraid that the Ohio State, much like Clemson with the exception of the Notre Dame game, hasn't run into anyone yet who's a legitimate challenger. We have awards for players like Fields. It's called the Heisman Trophy, and those kinds of accolades, while very important, should have exactly zero bearing on evaluating a team's collective performance. Meanwhile, it looks like the Gators won't get a shot at glory this year, even though they've been absolutely electric to watch. 6'5'' senior Kyle Trask has put up over 3,200 yards through the air with ease. 
He's got a quarterback rating of 193.1. Again, Kyle Trask has a quarterback rating of 193.1 against SEC opponents. They beat Kentucky by 24. They beat Arkansas by four touchdowns. They beat Georgia by 14 points. And the lone loss on the season came back in week three to Texas A&M in a game that would look and end markedly different if it were played this Saturday. Florida's been setting them up and knocking them down. Yet you're telling me the Gators don't deserve a chance to play for a title? With an 18 playoff, they could be. Now, had the NCAA gone with a 12-team bracket for the strangest postseason ever played, we'd be talking about surprises like Manny Diaz's Hurricanes from the U at 8-1 and and ranked 10th in the nation. The swagger is back in Coral Gables, but thanks to the exclusivity that nobody asked for from the selection committee, Miami won't get a shot to prove themselves or their program this year. Both Iowa State and Cincinnati have boasted banner years at 8-2 and and 8-0 and respectively. Their reward? One of the other bowl games, probably on New Year's Day, in the shadow of the ones that really matter. Here's the meat of what I'm getting at today. What if there were no other bowl games? What if, like it was in the days when football apologized to no man, the best teams in the nation were placed in a 12 or even 16 team playoff bracket that fits somewhere between the NFL playoff system and the NCAA 64 team basketball model? What if all these other distractions of bowl games, like the AutoZone Liberty Bowl or the Duke's Mayo Bowl, became part of a program's journey to becoming a champion instead of just being the end of the road for a middle of the road football team? College football can be so much more. In a lot of ways, this season has paid off in ways that I never, ever thought it would. We've seen so much drama, so many feats of athleticism, and a four-team playoff seems grossly unjust. The NCAA had an opportunity to create meaningful change, but just like Evander Holyfield and his fortune, they squandered it. Mark my words, change is coming to college football, and it's coming soon. I'm Caleb Peek. That's something to chew on. All right, it's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. We got a monkey knife fight tonight? That's a thing we do. Monkey knife fight does college basketball, and I was today years old when I found that out. Wait a minute. We're going to have the best-looking house in town, right? Nope, never mind. (laughs) I thought I had it queued up, and I didn't have it queued up. There we go. You had one job. This, by the way, is the singing, uh, the, uh, what is it, the the Jingle Johns, the, the Porta Potties. <laughs> I posted it on my Twitter, at Sports Tank ESPN, so you can see the perfect 2020 Christmas choir. Uh, but yes, Monkey Knife Fight does college basketball, so we got some picks tonight, monkeyknifefight.com. Use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, when you uh, set up your account, make your initial investment. MonkeyKnifeFight.com will match your initial investment up to $50. Also give you a $5 free play just for using the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. What's the play tonight? Uh, tonight I am playing my Florida State Seminoles and the Indiana Hoosiers. Okay. I'm playing the more or less 2 by 2 2.5x multiplier. This will take your $10 entry. Turn it into $25. Okay. I am taking less than 18.5 points for Trace Jackson Davis, the best player for Indiana. I am taking more than 5.5 rebounds for Balsic, a breach of the starting center of the Florida State Seminoles. And I will tell you why. Jackson Davis is going to be guarded by Malik Osborne and Raekwon Gray, who are two of the best defensive players in college basketball. Mm -hmm. He's also the best player they have, and they beat Florida State last year. 
And I promise you they haven't forgotten that. As a diehard Florida State fan, I, I, I've heard about this game for a long time. Right. As soon as this got paired off in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, pretty much every person that's been around Leonard Hamilton has heard that this game has been circled uh, quite nicely. Right. So I'll go under 18.5 points for Trace Jackson Davis, over 5.5 rebounds for Balsa Kabricheva, our seven foot one center. Balsa Kabricheva? Yeah. Okay. He's a very large man. <laughs> Very, very, very large. All right. All right. All right. There's your play for tonight on monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com. Use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. I believe that one is free money. I said that last night. Yeesh. And then Lamar Jackson threw for 14 yards. <laughs> or I guess the fantasy equivalent of it. Oh, he didn't even get in. He didn't, he didn't even get that many points, did he? Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Uh, he, did, he didn't do a lot. Didn't need to. You run the ball like that, you don't need to. Uh, he will in the playoffs. The big news of the day, obviously, the Big Ten has done what I said they would do. They changed the rules to get Ohio State into the conference championship game. The administrative council of the Big Ten, made up of all athletic directors and senior women administrators, uh, voted to eliminate the minimum game requirement in collaboration with the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors. There is no transparency on what the vote was. So we won't know if anybody voted against it, who those teams would have been. I'm guessing Indiana might not have voted in favor of this. Although the point that has been made throughout all, or, or t- today at least, is that a sixth game really didn't matter for Ohio State. Had they won, had they lost this week, if there was a rescheduled game to take place of the Michigan game, they would have made the play or they would have made the championship game anyway. Because they would have had the tiebreaker over Indiana. So regardless if they'd have won, they'd have been six and oh, they'd have gone on to the to the championship game against Northwestern. If they'd have lost, they'd have been tied at five and one with Indiana and would have had the tiebreaker. So it didn't really matter, but it's still ruffles the feathers that they change the rules to suit themselves. Let's go Wildcats. (laughs) We can all be Northwestern fans for the Big Ten championship game coming up in two weeks. Man, it's, it's almost weird to think that we're here. We've made it. We've made it to the end of the season. And I think we're, you know, it's going to be that way. I mean, as much talk as there has been from... You know, uh, from Mike Shashevsky and others about reconsidering playing basketball in in the pandemic state that we find ourselves in, we'll find a way through it. They're going to push forward. They've proven that. Pushing it off until March may have its merits, but it's not going to happen. There's too much at stake right now for all of these college programs, and. While I respect the uh, while I respect Coach K and his opinions, I will I will nicely agree to disagree on this one, and I think everybody else will too. We're going to push through. We found a way to get the NBA done. We found a way to get the NFL almost done. They're not backing off of this. College football is at the end. They're not backing off of this either, and we will continue to push forward. 
And we'll see you right here tomorrow at 3 here on ESPN Asheville. Tune into the Sportsocracy tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube live at the Sportsocracy on all of the social medias. Like it, share it, and follow it, please.